0: a guy that wore a, a, a obviously a homemade jersey to Jets yes, camp, I, a Jets, Jets number yeah. two it on the back. It just said Milf Hunter. That kid. is hilarious. It's like it's so it's all just such a ridiculous. It's that could internet only age story yeah, yeah. because it prior to that it was yeah you know this Mormon kid BYU oh look at him at the draft he's he's getting nervous around anybody it's like. And then one year later, it's like, oh, he's got that dog in him. Would've, look at this dude! It's like, wait a minute. Like, are we? Is it you the know, same guy? Is this so? One year, I I guess. I guess you know, the Big Apple in one year did a lot to him.
1: Who knows?
2: Yeah. Hey man, it I changes. Mean, I, you yeah. You're playing for that organization?
1: You gotta. You gotta have a little grit to you. A little grit. <laughs> you gotta have something about you if you want to play for that organization, man. Yes, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, this weekend you had. You had some Hall of Fame speeches that, you know, now they do it Saturday kind of early. It used to be a nighttime thing, and then they would have the Hall of Fame game on Sunday night. And, you know, the layout of it all is a little bit different. But I don't know. I I went back, watched some highlights. I liked the Sam Mills intro video, hearing Jim Mora talk. That was good. Say hey, what, man! I, I I'm not. I wouldn't describe myself as a crier at all. But when Brian Young started talking about you know the child that he lost to cancer, I was just like, all right, this is this is this is heavy now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were there were some moments from it, and I didn't I didn't sit down and watch every single one of it. But like, where are you guys at? Blaze you first when it comes to Hall of Fame inductions.
1: I I love them because you get to see, especially the guys who were superstars their entire careers. You you start to idolize them as. Not necessarily normal people in a sense because all you see is the, you know, all these cool things that they do during the games and things like that. And they're they're superstars and you hear about the, the hyper personal stuff that gets publicized in the media, but you don't really get to always see them as people. Uh, I feel like to, in today's generation, you see a better job of that because, you know, the media is always covering the charity events and things of that nature. But the Hall of Fame speeches, you get to see everybody's kind of personal struggle and story and they get really humanized. So I uh, man I I love it a lot. I love the the personal stories, very touching. You said uh, young with his with his kid, so that's I, I love the Hall of Fame speeches. You get to see everybody for who they are, and you get to see what what made them into the player that they are. The,
0: everybody kind of takes a different approach to it. To your point, though, there is you you usually get to see a side of it, or maybe hear a story here or there that you don't hear otherwise. I mean, I'm always just the the pageantry of it. It's not like it's done in this ritzy ballroom where they're all, you know, white tie affair, whatever, all in these tuxedos. It's kind of just at a, I mean, Tom Benson had to redo the, you know, he paid to redo the field, but it's, I've never been to the pro football of him. I'd like to go one time. Same. But when I watch this ceremony, Nick, I'm like, I like that they still just do it the same way. Yeah. They haven't been like, oh, it's the NFL, but it's not. It's except the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But if they were like, Oh, it's, you know, mainly NFL, it's it's football. It's we need to do it up big. We need to make it a bigger thing. It's like part of to me the allure and pageantry of it is I don't know, just uh that kind of raw feel of it. Like it's ten years from now they're still gonna kind of just be on this stage and doing it just like this, you know?
2: It's kinda it's in a way it's it's timeless. And it's intimate in a way that, like, like a casual. I could, I could definitely see, like, a casual football fan, right? Probably doesn't care about the Hall of Fame induction, right? But people who really care about football or really care about sports, for them, it's like, it's like what we described. It's this like touching time to get to humanize these athletes that we see put their body on the line for you know sometimes fifteen years, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just incredible. To, cuz I, I think you you're totally right like the pageantry of it is special because it's not a huge deal not like it's it's just it's going to happen every year and every year you're going to see oh my gosh i knew that guy i remember watching him play and you know this that and the other and um it's just a good way to remember a lot of these guys and a lot of these guys like particularly like the ones that are that are passed right that are getting inducted posthumously it's like it's a huge deal
0: and uh, you know sam mills there's something about when a a player from the team you rooted for, somebody you watched growing up, goes in. Yeah. Um, and and while he wasn't alive to to give his own induction, it was it was way past time for him to go in. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, you know, for Jaguar fans, Baselli is the first guy that they've ever had in the Hall of Fame. And I know some guys, you know, play here. Most players are are kind of tied to one team. Now, Malcolm Jenkins isn't a future Hall of Famer, don't get me wrong, but he would be an exception of we oh, spent eight years here, seven years here. He did mm-hmm. then it gets a little okay, who whose team is is he claiming here? Uh but a lot of times it ends up being a guy where maybe he played, you know, Baselli, I think played a year on the Texans or something. Mm. But like he's he's a he's a Jacksonville Jaguar. Yeah. You know. Panthers fans want to say Sam Mills is theirs because I mean hashtag keep pounding they have a statue yeah, he of gave
2: he gave them a lot i'll say he was there for three years yeah he was, there, he a, he was also a coach there for five nine years nine
0: years and still was not there as long as he was yeah i'm base. just I, i'm saying but it's still not there as i get long their as he point
2: is i guess my thing
0: they've always kind of claimed him as theirs and uh in in and, and that's fine you know i mean all all jokes aside you can both fan bases can kind of say he's he's our guy and I thought they did a good job with the intros and the video of telling the story of both teams and his impact on both of them. But, yeah, I mean, he was like London Fletcher-like except even shorter. Mm, Overlooked, undrafted, one of the best tacklers, most cerebral players, like all this stuff. Yeah, You know, and Sam was more of a a quiet guy off the field, you know, London, London, you know, I mean, Sam was not the guy in the dome patrol that was going to talk trash or he wasn't the guy in the locker room that the players were going to be kind of scared of like Ricky Jackson. They were, Mm. you know, I mean, (laughs) Lorenzo O'Neal's like, yeah, my rookie year, Ricky's just walking around the locker room with a blade, just messing with all the rookies. (laughs) We're all scared to death. Like, oh my God.
1: I would you know, too. Oh, my goodness. Sam
0: is... Uh, Sam was... But he... I mean, as it turned out, Ricky was just kind of messing with them all. They didn't know. They're just...
2: No, they just... You know, they're like, what the They hell? just saw this... And, know, and, and, and they, did,
0: they, were, they were... I don't know, man. He was... That face mask he used to wear. But Sam was always kind of more the warm, like, hey, let's just... let's. I mean, keep pounding. Like, let's just... Let's get to work. Let's go. And um, it yeah. was cool, man. I, I liked... I like seeing him go in and uh, kind of following some of the other highlights from it. I didn't sit down and watch the whole thing, but when you move it up to earlier in the day or you make a small change, that's all fine. As long yeah. as they don't try to be like, we're going to put this at Madison Square Garden yeah, no, on right. network TV and yeah. have it be like the Oscars or something. No. Nah. Keep they, it like keep it like you said. There's a timeless. You see the guys in the gold jackets every year out in the audience the other current members watching the others get inducted keep it like that to where if you don't see shots of the crowd or you know uh, some some teammate wearing a shirt that you know 30 years ago would be different than the one that if you just see the shot of the hall of famers you could be like man what year is that yeah you know and that's that's really cool to me
2: yeah for sure and and real quick uh, when i read the the sam mills story on him getting inducted to the hall of fame, and I actually looked up a lot of the stuff that, like, how he lived his life and the things he did in, in on the field and off the field and stuff. I mean, that dude was a, just a a dog of a worker. That dude never stopped. And um, undersized, but not the size of the dog in the fight, size of the fight in the dog. So,
0: stud man, yep. absolute stud. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Blaze, bro, Nick. Jeremy, aka Nasty Nick, I'm Scott Prather. So outside of that, you had some, you know, you had your major league baseball games. It was a pretty, pretty quiet weekend. Yeah, I mean, why, why does Nick keep saying football is back? All I heard, all I saw my timeline all weekend was complaints that there wasn't, you know, there wasn't some good, good football happening.
1: It's, uh, it's bad. It's, I feel like it's, it's worse than usual because you know it's right around the corner mm-hmm. and you're just itching, like you just wanted to get there already. So like it's it's the anticipation is killing everybody because you know how close it is, but at the same time there's still really nothing going on in the world of football besides obviously training camp. New, and everybody's following their team, see what's going on, see the new additions, how everybody's doing. But it just it that I feel like training camp only adds to the eagerness because it's like okay, I, I I'm hearing all these things. I want to see these guys in action now. I want to see how this team looks against bullets flying against live competition. And that's
0: why yeah. the preseason games are just gonna disappoint you because. They're not both They're like they're they're more like paintball. Now you can get hurt in paint hey, ball, paintball, and that would that, t- would, <laughs> that would that would stink if <laughs> you got hurt in fun. it. But that's part of watching preseason. Like, oh god, yeah, yeah. I guess it's I, I suppose it's fun, but I, the the analogy here is you know when bullets are flying. That's that doesn't really happen in the preseason.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, t- and that's fair. And to your but to your point, man. Like, I guess I like watching these depth guys go at it, like fighting for a spot on the team. Because you'll see, honestly. You'll see some people play harder in the preseason than they do at the beginning of the regular season. It's uh, because that, they they want
1: that spot. That, of, that part that part of
0: it is 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 fine, but you don't watch it the same way you watch every snap of a regular. No, season. yeah, no, 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 I don't. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like, yeah. I like that. I like that too, Nick. But like four years ago, give me a training camp roster spot battle at the end of the roster at Saints camp. I mean, give me one last year. Yeah, I'm not. You see, like, be able to. You, but I, but I, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to call you no, out, no, uh, yeah, because I actually agree with your point of I, I kind of enjoy that as well, but we only enjoy it because we're just craving for exactly. some kind of yeah. football content to carry us to the kickoff, yeah, that's me. you know, um, and and it's a little different at fall camp with college football, and every camp will have a little bit of a different story. Obviously, at UL, the big one um, is going to be who's the starting quarterback, but you know 2 weeks from today camp wraps and and coach Desimo said on my show last Thursday they don't want to drag this thing out until the season opener or be coy or oh we're not sure we're going to figure it out no they they want to, they feel like they owe it to the players they owe it to the team they want to know for a competition that's been happening since the spring i mean these next 2 weeks i we I, I we we'll get a little bit of access to the end of practice we get to talk to these two guys but I have people ask me. I mean, who's got a lead here? I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. I yeah. to to say, oh well, you know, Woolrich. We haven't seen him. You saw a little bit of Chandler Fields. I you saw a little bit of Chandler Fields last year. It was fine, and he threw the ball when he had to go in uh, to replace Levi for a play here or there, as he told me last week. Some of them were run plays, but it was an RPO, so he called the pass. And um, it, I I got I got I got nothing. I got no. If people ask me, I say i would say fifty fifty but i'm not I'm not there enough I don't know enough and right. you start asking people that are there off the record they're like we don't i'm telling you it's it's legit a real competition now now there are a few days in the camp and maybe a week from now someone off the record will say one thing or another I'm just telling you to this point it's 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 one or the other and I don't know that anyone has an edge yet unless they gain a sizable edge this weekend which I suppose that's possible. Yeah, it's, yeah,
2: it totally is. But yeah, no, and, I, and I think honestly, it's it's a good problem to have because I mean, it's it's and of course, I mean, this is coach talk, right? You guys know who's going to say this. He thinks both guys give him a good chance to win. But we there wouldn't be a battle if he didn't think that,
1: right? Like I mean, or you well, know he what I'm also came out and said he didn't think it was going to be a battle for this long. You know, he didn't think it would carry on that's for this saying. long. So you know, it it obviously speaks to. To the competition that's going on in that quarterback room.
2: What that actually tells me more than anything is how how good Woolridge is. Oh, yeah. Because Chandler Fields was the, like, expected, everyone was expecting him to come in and be the guy this year. Yeah. And for this competition to go on this long.
0: I guess, I mean, I, I'll i just say that, like, last year, you know, and Norm, Norm would talk to a lot of players on the team, and, and we had, you know, little access here and there. There were reports last fall camp that Woolrich was looking really good.
2: Really, now okay.
0: last year it wasn't followed as closely because it was who's going to be the backup quarterback, mm-hmm. and that was the storyline. But who's going to be the backup quarterback doesn't slap the same way who's going to be the starting quarterback. So, I mean, I I was not surprised that you know it was it was a competition because the word was the guy can throw yeah. a really pretty ball and. The timing is good. You know, and talking to him last week, hearing him talk about the cerebral part of being a quarterback, he's like, you know, you could talk about film study and all this other stuff and knowing defenses, but it's about knowing your teammates and them knowing that you got their back and loving them. And from a leadership standpoint, you know, I liked a lot of the things he said. Mm. Um I I good problem to have. That's such a camp cliche, that's such a coach yeah. cliche yeah. when you have a quarterback and you're not sure which one's the starter. Um, so I, I won't use the word problem. I just think, you know, I will use the word solution. They'll, they they plan on having this thing solved in the next two weeks. And whoever wins the job, I don't know that it's I, – I, I'm sure the staff would like to think this is it. We're going to ride this all the way through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if the other guy has a – if it's as close as we think it is and then one guy wins the job, if there is a lull at some point during the season – if you had a pretty stiff quarterback competition to start camp, then it's like maybe The pressure's on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you gotta it,
2: you gotta keep the play up.
0: I, I feel yeah. like when you have a really strong quarterback competition for the starting job, it that storyline carries over into the season. Now if the starter goes in and it's just lights out and great, then everyone forgets about it. If they're they're okay, it's just kinda always it's kinda always just Yeah in the shadows. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Like I'm, I can almost promise you that the first, you know, the first time whoever ends up being the starter has just a modicum of a bad, they have a bad quarter, there'll already be people asking, asking questions, and um, you know, it, it's 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 a crazy amount of pressure to be under, but that's I mean. It's what you sign up and for to be the, a quarterback. The
1: pressure's already there following a season that they had and, and losing a player that they had in Levi Lewis. So I guarantee you for both those guys, no matter who comes out as the starter, the pressure's going to be on regardless just because I know that, you know, as a competitor, these guys have already set expectations on themselves to kind of bring that program back to where they got last year and, and uh, continue the winning ways that have been established over the last three to four years. So I I definitely know that the expectations are high in their own minds. So I can't imagine all the pressure that they're feeling on top of having to lead a team.
0: Let's go down I-10 a little bit to Baton Rouge,
1: who's going to be the starting quarterback at LSU. That's – I mean, uh, we haven't – and I haven't heard – I've I've been following, you know, I go on all the LSU uh, Twitter accounts. There hasn't been a whole lot that says it's been decisive in terms of who's leading – Cause man, last year people were raving about Nussmeier, man, and talk about the talent that he was, and they wanted to save his red shirt for this specific reason because they saw, you know, the work that he was putting in at practice. And that's why he didn't play in the bowl game, which was the right move. Yes, most certainly. Because it, I, it, listen, it was a bowl game. You, you're a six win team. There's no point in burning the guy's red shirt to win a bowl game, especially when you think they that he has have. all this talent. Ed again. shouldn't
0: have played him in the last three snaps of a regular season game. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Jaden Daniels didn't transfer from Arizona State to ride the bench. Miles Britton didn't take his name out of the transfer portal to return to LSU in his final year of eligibility, which feels like his twelfth year. Yeah. Um, yeah. To 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 not be the starter, mm-hmm. I imagine Usmeyer wants to start, and you got Walker Howard from, you know, right here, and he's been there since January. He's one of the nation's top recruits and five star. No one's <coughs> no one's predicting him to start now, but they certainly predict him to be the starter at some point Um, whereas it like do you feel like it's wide open between four guys or is this a Daniels Brennan
1: race here I would say it's a Brennan Nussmeier race it's a three-man race yeah I, I think Daniels I think Daniels will be more of a gadget guy I think, and listen, if, if Daniels comes out and, and he's he comes out as as the starter and it's and it's more heated than what I think it is between him and the other two guys, uh, I, I I would definitely be a little surprised by that just because I feel like all the rave that they had about Nussmeier last year, and obviously saving his red shirt, and then Brennan the veteran being there for the, what you said feels like twelve years now. Uh, I would definitely be a little surprised, but I definitely think they're they're not going to not use Daniels as, as athletic as he is and as a weapon as dangerous as he can be. I definitely think you'll see some packages where Daniels gets it, he'll be more of that gadget guy for them and he'll come in in some Wildcat and also be able to let loose and throw the ball a little bit. Yes, I mean i i I didn't I watched Notre Dame some, yeah, but like I didn't I didn't
0: watch Notre Dame enough to remember if they ran much Wildcat. No, um, not really. Like I, I I think Brian Kelly is the kind of guy that strikes me as, yeah we're gonna we're gonna do things my way yeah now maybe his way is let's let's I have more speed than I had in South Bend so let's 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 do a few mm-hmm. things differently offensively I don't know I just if it's not something that he likes I don't think he's gonna change something up to appease I pl- I don't know he's He's very – doesn't Brian Kelly feel like a my way or the highway type of guy? Almost a little bit,
2: yeah. And it, it, it's the, I don't think we'll get like a Taysom Hill package for him. To your point of like I'm not going to change up my offense for one guy. You know what I'm saying? Like Peyton, would, Peyton made the Taysom Hill package because he saw Taysom Hill and he was like, I want this guy to have his own package. He's he's worth it. Yeah. I don't know if, if Daniels is like that. All right. Coming up next, we're going to hear little
0: – Video, audio, video, audio, audio from the video of Sam Mills and Jim Mora talking about what made Sam great uh, before he was officially inducted posthumously into the Hall of Fame on Saturday. His wife then gave the speech. We'll hear that video and you'll hear Jim Mora's comments. We'll take a short time out there. When we come back, the biggest concern right now at Saints training camp, I'll tell you what it is and the Nick and Blaze will tell me whether I'm either right or wrong. Don't go anywhere. It's a great Scott show coming at you on a Monday. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in
3: Richard
4: course. Seymour for entrant into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Se-
0: that is not the video that I was trying to queue up, gentlemen. Sorry. Here we go. All right. Here's the Sam Mills audio. How
3: about Sam Mills, though? Oh, has two interceptions now. The
4: story of Sam Mills' rides from undrafted prospect.
3: He is down, Sam. The
4: NFL Hall of Famer is one of the most unlikely and inspiring in the game's history.
5: When I was fortunate enough to become head coach of the Saints, I sat down with our president and GM of the Saints and he said, Jim, are there any former players you coach in the USFL that you think might be able to help us? And I said, well, certainly our best defensive player with the stars with a guy by the name of Sam Mills. This guy, I think, is a heck of a player and I would like for us to sign him and give him a shot.
4: When the Saints signed the linebacker with the small frame, they were rewarded with a game-changing presence that was bigger than life.
6: I think that was the beginning of his dream, to be on an NFL team, and he felt confident that he could excel in it.
3: Sam Mills has it in his hand score for the
5: saints i remember they huddled up before each play and the defensive huddle. And sam stood in the huddle to call the play and i, I have to admit he looked kind of short especially standing next to these big defensive linemen man i was a little nervous like i am right now talking about it but uh first play they run right at sam and sam steps up stuffs this offensive guard who out him by about 100 pounds and makes the tackle I coached him in the Saints for nine years. He never looked short in the huddle to me again.
4: Mills anchored the Saints' feared dome patrol defense en route to four Pro Bowl selections. He would carry his trademark versatility, intensity, and force of will to his next stop in Carolina.
3: Oh, shovel pass. intercepted! Mills with the interception! Mills has a touchdown!
5: He contributed so much with that football team that there's a statue of Sam outside of the stadium. In
4: 1996, the 37-year-old Mills was named to his fifth Pro Bowl, one of the oldest defenders ever invited to the game.
3: Touchdown! Sam Mills scores!
4: Following his 1997 retirement as a player, he transitioned seamlessly into a new role as a Panthers assistant coach.
6: He wasn't ready to leave the game. He was there to show them, this is how you can get to your end goal. Nothing is impossible. In 2003, he was diagnosed with cancer. The moment that he shared this with the family, we knew that he was going to fight this as hard as he could.
4: During the ensuing 17 months that he fought cancer, Mills made the most of every moment. He inspired the Panthers and coined a mantra that would carry them to their first Super Bowl appearance in 2003. It was a philosophy that epitomized Sam Mills throughout his playing career and continues to define his legacy today. Keep Pounding.
6: Keep Pounding reflects Sam's personality completely.
5: Here's a guy that didn't even have a scholarship. Here's a guy that wasn't drafted. He gets cut by an NFL team. But Sam keeps pounding, and then he goes on to have the career that he had. Of course, the cancer diagnosis was probably the toughest thing he ever went through. But again, I'm gonna keep pounding. I'm not gonna let this thing get me. Keep pounding was a part of his personality and his character.
3: Roll, into the air, Sam Mills has the
5: interception. I've always been such a strong believer in this young man as a person and a player, and deserving of being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
6: There could be no better place for him to rest than in the Hall of Fame.
5: When I heard that he was going in, I got very emotional. And uh, I was so proud of him
6: and so happy for him and his family.
5: I see you, baby!
6: I am honored and privileged to present my husband, Sam Mills, for enshrinement and to the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
7: This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is
5: NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls.
7: ESPN Lafayette, Lafayette ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is
5: NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls.
7: ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Hang <laughs> Move me.
0: Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Coming at you on a Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Your forecast today from the storm team through by the lab and Daniel Phillips, partly cloudy, 50% chance of rain and thunderstorms high of 93 tonight, partly cloudy, 20% chance of showers early in a low of 75. I'm Scott Prather. the great Scott show hanging out with blaze and nasty Nick here on this Monday. We've talked good bit of football. You just heard from Sam Mills. Um, from the, the video, the intro video before his induction on Saturday, you heard uh, Jim Mora in there. Jim Mora, 87 years old. I mean.
2: Dude looks 67.
0: The, the guy, continue, he's always looked younger than his age, but I just, also for being 87, he's still just like Jim, you know? Yeah. Like he's not, yeah. he's,
2: he's very much with it. Nothing in his personality has really changed.
1: I, you know, I, has that guy had work done? <laughs> Maybe he found the fountain of youth. Maybe he knows something we don't know. Yeah.
0: I used to talk to Jim Mora one time, and I loved that he would always just say exactly what was on his mind. Like, didn't care, no filter. Cal Scotty's full of I mean, like, it was... <laughs> the guy... He used to call in... One time, years ago, there was, like, a, a public access show in Beaufort Jordan, who's from IOTA, who played for the Saints, played at McNeese. He was on a show, and I think it was... You Know he had been on, he wasn't on the Saints anymore, and he's talking and they're taking phone calls. And then who called in? Jim Mora, and he's like, I gotta tell you, man, I'm hearing you guys talk, it just makes me want to throw up, it's just absolutely terrible. <laughs> and then they start going back and forth, and he's like, You just didn't like what coach does that? You know it's what insane. I mean? One time, Jim Hasslett, you know, you have his weekly radio show uh, with Buddy D back in the day, and it was Hasslett's maybe first or second the season, Lord and like Haslett. Jim calls in. And 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 Haslett immediately realizes it's Mora and he's like, Hey, I just want to uh, I had I had some coaching questions here. He's like, Oh, hey, coach. He like recognizes his voice immediately. Apparently they were friends, because Haslett had coached under him briefly, so mm. he didn't he didn't go after him, but Mora would just go after the media all the time. He would just yell at him, he would curse. And it was just a different time. I like if Jim Mora was doing that today, I, I he would be he would be such a so, he would be a social media meme. Because oh, if yeah, all you gosh, remember yeah. about more is playoffs and like the weird Colts <laughs> thing, you just you've missed out on many years of hilarity and just unfiltered I have no idea what we're gonna get today. Yeah. And I, it would drive the media crazy at times, and other times you just had to laugh like this dude. Good lord. He did quit on the Saints midway through the season, though, which I you know yeah. which I, I had trouble. Forgiving him for. But as I got older, I, I've, I've grown to appreciate Jim more and more. And, and and you know, obviously he can be very reflective and, and serious. And Time heals all wounds. Hearing him getting choked up talking about Sam Mills. Uh, good <laughs> dude, man. 87, though, fellas.
1: That is crazy to think. He does not look 87. I know. He looks good.
0: Guy's guys, a legend. Um, ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports. So Saints camp. They had the day off yesterday, but... Practicing Saturday and Kiko Alonso uh so much for my ridiculous uh um, Tim Hightower. Hey, you know, everyone everyone kinda snickered at the Tim Hightower signing back in twenty fifteen and he hadn't played in four years. He ends up, you know, being a decent backup for two years. Kiko was there for twenty four hours and he's like, Yeah, I'm 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 done.
2: Yeah. I'm done. You think do you, like do you think he did anything that he was just because I don't even remember seeing him being at training camp. No, he was there. Was he he there? He, 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 he just did it for one day. like forty-seven, nah, dog, and his I'm hair's tired. gotten
0: longer, so people were making like Anzalone jokes. But okay. they didn't realize that you know he wasn't joking. He just decided afterwards. He's like, that's crazy. I think I'm done. It's been two years yeah. since he's played. He was in that
1: heat. Maybe that's kind of the reality check that he needed because yeah. everybody still has that passion for it. But then at some point in time you have to kind of put the passion inside and look at the reality side of things. I so. guess it's better than just at halftime
0: of a regular season game. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like Vontae Davis.
1: Vontae Davis. <laughs> yeah, that wow. I forgot about that. <laughs> wow.
0: He got he got a like endorsement out of that too. He, he did. ended up doing a commercial from that. Um one practice though. Like I remember Lance Moore, he was, after he was with the Saints, he was with Pittsburgh for a little while, and then he was still trying to kind of hang around one more season. Signs so with Atlanta, he was there for a day, and then he's like, or three days, and he was like, I, I'm I'm retiring. I don't know what it is, because with Alonzo, apparently he fought like hell to get back into football shape and was in decent shape, but then, you know, they're down DeMarco Jackson, they're now bringing in another former Saints running back in Chase Hansen, and and they're possibly going to sign him. He worked out for the team whenever Alonso did. I don't know if they're just trying to bring back guys that that know the system or what, but the fact that they keep doing this, because you could say, oh, a camp body, you just need a camp body. Dude, there's a list of about 1,000 UDFAs that could be a yeah, camp body. Yeah. The fact that they're trying to bring in guys that know the system Makes me a little more nervous. Like, talk about concerns at Saints camp. I think, I think linebacker needs to be the concern
1: right now. Is there somewhere else? Am I wrong here? Is that my reading too much into this? No, if you, I mean, if you're just looking at it from a defensive perspective, I mean, that to me, that is the weakest spot, not to say call it a weak spot, but that is probably the spot that you have the most concern about. You know, the depth that you have in the secondary uh if healthy you know the depth you can have at the d-line position all across that front mm-hmm. uh if healthy that's a big if there uh but linebacker yeah i probably would say would probably be the spot that you would want to question the most i mean demario davis but we've kind of been looking for that second guy to kind of step up and take over and be as elite and play to the same level as the Mario Davis. And I mean, it, that's kind of well, what Pete's supposed to be. Yeah, that, that's what everybody's hoping Pete Warner can be. So, Can't, fingers crossed. Can,
0: uh, I would say to expect them to play at a Davis level would be a little too...
1: Well, yeah, not, not the same level. <laughs> which, that's not, that's not a fair ask. really. P, all bro yeah. is, a, is yeah. a bit difficult. You, but you want somebody, you want, you you want, want two rel- established spots. You want someone spots. you can rely on. Yes. You can rely yeah. on.
0: And, and, and look, I get most people right now are telling you their biggest concern is, is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and, you know, the heading back to hell, tweet, and the guy wants to get paid and all this other stuff, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's going to play this year. Hopefully they can work out a contract. But as far as, like, positional units, I think linebacker is – I think linebacker and then running back because in both places you've got a great one, and then after that it falls off. Now, I like Ingram, and I think he's better than – Pete Warner. I just think Ingram's prime is in the past. He's 11 years in now at that kind of position, and he has been a physical back. Yeah, you know, if if Davis misses time, I mean, I I think the Saints' defense goes from being really good to man. You've you've got a good D line, you got some good secondary, but you are going to be
2: a hole. You are booty right there. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a hole, and I I mean, honestly. We've seen a lot of Saints bad Saints defensive backfields. I think I'd rather have a bad linebacker core
1: than a bad defensive backfield. Uh, I don't know, man, because the reason why that secondary is so good is because of how good that run defense has been over the past four years. They've it, Consistently, they've been top five in terms of run defense. When you know that you are shutting down anything on the ground that allows that secondary to play really aggressive, man. And that's why they've been so good. So I would definitely say sure. that front, that being able to shut down that run game has been a huge success okay, for them. Okay, well,
2: obviously it's like a it's a group effort. But I'm yeah. saying having lived through a couple of really, really bad Saints defensive backfields, I, I somehow I get the
0: feeling. The linebacking core was pretty bad during those yeah. days. That's also true. Yeah. You know, David Hawthorne and Donnell Ellerby. Yeah, and, Ellerby, yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't exactly a strong point either there. I think one I think the the DB argument I would give in this debate is with Dennis Allen you're you most of the time you have 5 DBs out there. Yep. So it's it's more of just a numbers thing. Do you want to have weaknesses at two spots or five spots, you know? Um I'm saying. either way you don't want any weaknesses and I think on paper if you're starting all your normal starters, it's fine. But you just don't have any depth. You've got depth in the secondary. You have some depth up front. Maybe not as much as D tackle, Certainly at DN. you don't have depth at linebacker. And no. that's, that's a worry. Now, you've got an all-world talent. And then after that, there is just such a... Seg- like, the drop-off between Kamara and Ingram is not the gap between Davis and Caden Ellis, with respect. Okay, you yeah, know, who's yeah. going to be playing in that spot if he gets hurt? I mean, you're bringing in... Guys like Kiko Alonso, who retires after a day. Okay, maybe we'll do Chase Hansen then, since you know he he was here for a few years.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of makes me a little little nervous. It kind of yeah. makes you wonder about not being able to bring back Quan. Yeah, they there was some there. Andrew Juge
0: said that there was interest in Quan, but they wanted him to play as the backup to Warner, and they wanted him to play a lot of special teams and Alexander
2: probably not
0: Alexander had an offer from the Jets where he could you know be more of the starter not real focus more on linebacker yeah. not special teams and understandable you know if you're working for more and more contracts I get it but yeah I I like Quan. I was it'd be nice to have him in camp yeah. right now Yeah it?
2: for sure I look I'm not, I, and I'm not trying to reach too far here that I'm just trying to pull up any, any names that I could potentially mention as some kind of depth of the position we did pick up undrafted Nafai Sewell. Okay. Panay's brother. There you go, from uh, Utah. Eighty-nine tackles and a pick last year. I mean, yeah. he's. He, I, I'm not gonna say he's anywhere close Great to being. Great. Adi- who? Wait, what was that name again? Who are you talking about? Nephi Sewell. Yeah. Okay. He's Panay Sewell's brother. Cool. Who Panay Sewell is pretty good.
1: Yeah, but Penn two different positions though. Of course, it's two different positions. His brother again. I mean, you had.
2: My point is not. My point is not that like, oh, we're fine because of this one guy. But I mean.
1: I'm just trying to pull up some kind of depth. He is no to, to Nick's credit. I, being the college football guru, I I have watched Sewell at Utah, and he was the leader of that defense. He is a a nice linebacker, so maybe he could be a surprise. Do I think that that's he, he, a realistic option? He, guys, he no. might
0: not make the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, he might not even make the team. Of course. You know,
0: who's the third Skarsgård brother? <laughs> who's the third Hemsworth brother? I mean, not all brothers are created equal here, Nick. Well, Come on. you know. Let's us uh, head to the phone lines three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. I'm just ribbing you, man. You bring up the You're brother, such a so doomer, man. So there's some reference. I'm just yeah. come on. I mean, you know, let's let's. It's not always just I call it. A not every training camp can be peaches and cream. Oh, it's just great. Everything's great. Well, I mean, all the time. it's already
2: going well. See, makes so a homer. You
0: gotta. It, yes, it, it, a for homer. the most part, it's going well. But I'm looking at linebacker. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello.
3: Yeah, guys. Sometimes you have like the Jonas Brothers, where you have that brother who can't sing and he just plays guitar. You know, okay. sometimes the guys okay, are not always dude. the best. <laughs> Frankie Jonas,
0: okay. man. I mean, at least nobody can cares sing.
3: about that guy, right? Which,
0: which Jonas but, is that? But, Frankie Jonas, is the fourth. They, they, I don't, oh, there's a fourth yeah, Jonas <laughs> brother?
3: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is there really? Yes,
0: Frankie Jonas. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. I had no idea.
3: Yeah, I'm not even talking about it. I'm not talking about him. I'm not. Uh, he's talking about Joe he's the, and he's the 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 Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. he's oh, not okay. even talking about Daniel Baldwin. I mean, come on. Uh,
2: see, this, this <laughs> Dan, Blaze's intelligence goes so deep, bro.
0: He's dropping fourth so, Jonas it, brother stuff. Wow. I'm impressed.
3: Sorry,
2: I'm, go ahead, John. I'm
0: glad you brought. I'm glad you brought the linebacker thing because I was about
3: to call in and ask if they're going to give Monte Taylor a call and see if he wanted to kick the tires. Cause oh, Lord. it
0: seems like, they're I mean, like that. I mean, was it last year that they brought him the in, year. or a year before? He did Here, sign yeah. with the team late in the season, wasn't that last year? I, I think so. I think it was last year. I mean, but uh, <laughs> at no, this the thing point, that would that mind, surprise though, you? I mean, when they're when they're bringing back no. Alonzo and, and possibly Chase Hansen. It shouldn't surprise you if they give Taya. And you know what, he could use his name though. He's gotta promote that, that doc that documentary coming out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what blows my mind about the the Quan Alexander thing is is that is, I guess for me I don't see Pete Werner being that much better than Quan. So if, if they're neck and neck, let's just say at this point in Quan's career, he and Pete Werner are neck and neck, why not sign Quan and let him fight it out to see who's a starter? And then, if Pete Werner is the guy who's the backup, then tell him, "Look, you're going to play special teams, and you're going to do all these things to ask Quan to do."
0: Well, I think I, the I, answer I, to that question is is obviously the defensive staff use Warner differently than what we or what you do. Um, they view him as the guy. They they thought he played well last year, and they, I guess, they feel like year three, it's time for that next big step. I suppose. I don't know. I mean they they've made it pretty clear they want Warner to be. The guy next to Davis, and you know uh, they're thinking more long term. I think maybe they like his pass coverage skills a little bit more as well. Um, I don't know, I don't know. But for whatever reason, Dennis Allen doesn't view those two as the same. And you know, Quan last year, look, people keep saying, "Oh well, Pete," you know, he wasn't even healthy when camp started. I mean, Quan came back for one game and then missed a butt. Let's like Alexander missed a good bit of time Mm -hmm. too when he was with the Saints, and. uh, I don't know. I guess they were honest with him. They said, look, this is, if Warner's healthy, this is going to be more of your role here. And, um, you know, some franchises may not do that. They might just tell a guy, well, yeah, you, you'll have every chance to do this, that, or the other. So I'm sure there's part of Quan that appreciates it because there was reportedly an offer there, but they were honest with him about it. And I think you want that reputation as a, as a team. You don't want the reputation of, you know, kind of being sleazy or unprofessional.
3: And I guess my other thing is I just I'm just so confused why they wait this they waited this long to even address it like why why didn't they go into camp going all right guys we got Demario Davis this guy named Pete Werner and some dudes let's
0: uh, yeah, get some I more think, dudes uh, I think <laughs> look Demarco Jackson got hurt Zach Bond wasn't at practice the other day um, and so there there's just an element of camp bodies but going back to when we started this conversation the the part of it that is why I'm a little worried is that you're not just signing, you know, I can't body. You're bringing in guys that know the defense. So that tells me you're you're looking for somebody that can – because, like, how much are you doing a defensive install in training camp right now? You're not. Not, not this early. Right now you're just trying to – you know, you're doing a little bit of, of play calling. Don't get me wrong, but you're not installing all kind of different stuff. Like maybe Dennis Allen – maybe Dennis Allen is the kind of guy that's like, look, I just – at this point in camp I don't feel like teaching anybody anything let's just just give me somebody that knows this stuff and can be a camp body, or are they bringing this these guys in because they need somebody that might have to play early in the season and i I think the latter makes a little more sense when you start investigating you know why Alonso or why potentially chase Hansen instead of you know a, a a brother of a player that's good uh-huh <laughs> Instead of the fourth Jonas brother, as Blaze put it.
3: Nobody <laughs> nobody cares about uh, you know, Thank Otis you and the temptations. The rest of the Temptations is more important. But anyway, man, I'll hang up and listen. You all have a good one.
2: Look. I know you're just giving me a hard time because it's funny. <laughs> Can I say real quick, quick aside, when I was in when I was in college, my friends would literally make fun of me just to watch my reactions because it made them chuckle so hard. But um on the other end of things. I just, I, my point is, yes, this, the linebacker, linebacker is a sore spot for the Saints right now. I I'm, was I'm trying to look, I can't find, what do we know what DeMarco Jackson's injury is? Do we know if it's season uh, ending? I, I know, but. I know Smoke Monday towards ACL. Yeah, we haven't heard
0: anything. I don't know anything about DeMarco. We haven't heard anything that would suggest that. Because
2: I heard in camp before he got hurt, I heard that he was making some pretty impressive plays. Yeah. But I guess my point is, yeah we got to play what we got, right? Like we're not going to find anyone better than the guys we have. No. Out. out, out, out and that no, at least of a thousand. You, you just got to hope
0: that Davis and, and yeah, hope and that Davis Warner and Warner stay are, healthy, healthy and
2: hope that your reserve guys are good where they need to be. And,
0: but you know. uh, and, and, you know, Hanson does have some special teams, uh, a lot of special teams experience, but, I don't know. Did I don't remember Alonso playing a ton of special teams? He might have. I I don't. I don't. I don't, think I don't so. recall.
1: I don't think he was. I mean, he might have played on, on on one or two, but I don't think he was necessarily an all out all all phase guy where he was just on everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I
0: I it's 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 the spot, and and, and the other look. There's O line guys. You've got a bunch of first rounders there, but there are only two guys on that O line that, to a man, you could look at me right now and be like, I trust them. And that's Eric McCoy and Ryan Ramchek. Yeah. Andrews yep. Pete, do you trust them every game day? <laughs> He's probably better than, you know, the, the internet would have you believe, or at least fans would have you believe. But when he fails, it is in spectacular fashion. Yeah. Um, Cesar Ruiz has done nothing to instill any kind of confidence. And whether it's James Hurst, okay, you're going to start, a, a, what, a third-year UDFA at left tackle or Trevor Penning. As Nick likes to say, he has what in him?
2: Uh, that dog. Yeah, him.
0: that dog in him. If that dog was trained by Michael Vick, all the guy does is fight all the time. Uh, I mean,
2: <laughs> if, oh, God. if he
0: can't get it, I mean, he, he's wrong, uh, right? So yeah. as much as everybody's gagaing over the offense and the receivers and, oh, my God, they have all these – Michael Thomas. And it's great seeing Michael Thomas. He looks like he is ready for full participation. That might be the best story of camp, actually, for the Saints. But I need that O line to that, that, that if that O line doesn't do their part, then none of it is gonna really thrive. If the O line plays well this year, Saints offense is gonna gonna be turning some heads.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean I think also you 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 talk about not, not knowing how much depth they have at, at lineman. I'm looking at their, their depth chart right now, and I mean, yeah, you don't trust uh Andrews Pete that much. Don't know about Caesar Ruiz. Um Forrest Lamp played some pretty good d- snaps for them last year. And, I mean, I mean, I'm, at this point, you're going to dog me the same way you did about Nephi Sewell. But sure. I'm telling this is these are people who played passable snaps that they— A former first-round bust. They did Forest their Lamp. job. They did their He's job. They didn't get hold. That. It's true, though. <laughs> They did their jobs. They didn't get. They didn't drop penalties. You know, they did the right thing. They didn't. Know they there was one guy last year, Calvin Throckmorton, who I think played a really couple of good games. Uh, I, I, when, I have I have a little Armstrong more faith
1: out. in Pete, man. He he started but, off strong, though. I think he's struggling right now. Absolutely, but it, his first season, two seasons, he was kind of looking promising. He he's, he's lulled in recent years, but I I feel like I don't know. Pete man. is a
0: great look. Pete is a great run blocker. Yeah. Um. Forrest Lamp was a second round pick, so I'll correct myself there. Uh, Pete is a good run blocker, and he's not – no, he's fine. He just – his mistakes are so big and yeah. so yeah. large in the moment. I mean, he trips on his feet sometimes, and so when he does make a mistake, it's so magnified. It's like – it's almost yeah. like the – you know what? That DB is not that bad. He does this good, this good, this good. Yeah, but I saw him get beaten coverage like three the tr- times. Trayvon Diggs. So dig I saw this argument. happen yeah. or yeah. that happen, and therefore he sucks, and – you know, he's always kind of had this, this – being a first-round pick, you're supposed to be a left tackle, then you can't do it. You're not good enough there. Then they move you to guard. Like, it's been kind of rocky, but then they re-upped him and they gave him the contract. He's he's not as bad as many think he is, but he's certainly not somebody that I I would trust. Like, Ramchek and McCoy, maybe there's a penalty here or there, but you know the – like, between Johnson Gardner-Johnson um, – Eric McCoy and, God, there's one other key player that they could extend, and I can't think of who it is. Anyway, there's three guys. It'll come to me. But of the three, I've heard saying, you should extend this guy. <sighs> if you could only extend one of them, you got 12 mil. No, Eric McCoy is number one on the list. Dude, yeah. I just. Number one on the list.
2: Eric McCoy, he, he may be number one on the list, sure. I, I have been seeing the internet, a couple of Saints people on the internet, Saints fans. Nobody who knows anything, thankfully.
0: Andrew Juge watches game film well, religiously. I'm
2: saying, but saying that <laughs> uh, we shouldn't extend. Right. right. We, he's should, one, we should he's trade one of those. him and get some.
0: He's one of those.
2: Dog, I don't know how you can look at that position. I mean, and tell me that Chauncey to johnson is not like a top. Ten, he
1: he is slot he, corner in the league. He he is he you is up there, and he's, and he's valuable to us. But he's definitely he's that's definitely a position that's fillable, and it won't hurt you as much as losing an Eric McCoy. Okay, because you yeah. know how hard it is to find another Eric McCoy and to find somebody to, to hold down your offensive line. And when the Saints have been really successful in offense, it's because they've had really good offensive line play. It's true. No,
2: look, and th- no, I'm saying I'm not saying don't pay Eric McCoy. You know, I'm saying I'm saying don't. Come out here and say, "Oh, it won't matter if we lose Gunner Johnson because we'll just get some picks and we'll like we'll replace him." No, you don't it, replace it's... a top ten guy at any position in the league with any amount of ease. Being a top ten slot corner is different than being a top
0: ten corner, and I think therein lies the issue. What is, What are he and his agent asking for? Are they yeah. asking to be paid like a top five slot corner? All right, let's extend you four years, thirty one mil. Yeah, Thirty something like it's 16 mil guaranteed. You could say that's a lot. You look at what some of
1: the other better slot corners do. Fine. If he's looking for something more than that, forget I mean, about it. Yeah, uh, forget so about it. I, I'll ask you, what do you, what do, you, what would you pay him if he's asking for a lot of more money? Oh, do you think he's worth a lot of more money? <laughs> Come, on. Well, Come on, I'm asking because you you're, you're the guy here. You're no. talking about he's top ten. So no, what do you but think? I, I, where, where do you draw the line and say, okay, if you want to walk, you can walk. Where do you draw the line? Well, who, what is a top paid slot cornerback in the league, mate? about what 30, eight or nine, about 8 or 9 million a year 8 or 9
2: million a year I'd be willing to pay him that
1: yeah I feel like that with his ego I feel like he might be asking a little for, for more than 8 or 9 yeah, million He's a asking year. for more well, he's we not, gonna, well,
2: uh, we, you're talking about from his on the field play Well I'm just saying I feel like you don't for, know if his ego is really like that. his, oh, ego's like that. his, his ego
0: like that you see his Twitter his ego's like that his ego's like that. <laughs> his ego's like that he wants it Yeah he wants he it He wants it and look he hasn't I mean he hasn't gotten the He's a fourth round pick his first year in the league he's making less than half a million dollars. Um not bad for a, you know, 21-year-old, but nah. as far as NFL contracts go, it ain't it's not exactly up there. Now he's looking he's looking for the big contract. Here's what he has going for him. Dennis Allen is the head coach. Now, we don't know how much pull Dennis Allen has when it comes to signing players or not. Sean Payton had all the pull. I mean he 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 had one side of the tug of war and he was strong enough to pull that whole rope. He wanted to take some hill to get paid. It wasn't a great contract. He made sure it happened. He when he wants a guy, he could make it happen. Dennis Allen probably values Gardner I think he loves Gardner Johnson. Yeah. Um as a guy that like it, it, when it worked out for Taysom Hill that Sean Payton was the head coach and an offensive guy that, liked, as you mentioned earlier in the hour, Nick, liked to use him a lot of different ways. Uh-huh. Dennis Allen has you know, made his bread in football coaching DBs. He's a DB coach, he's a D coordinator, he's a head coach, he's a DB coach, he's a D coordinator, now he's a head coach again. I mean, he specializes in that part of a defense. There's a reason the Saints run mainly five DBs, and he utilizes guys the way he does and why he likes a lot of depth there. If it's up to him, like he's probably telling Mickey Loomis right now, get this done, just mm. get it done, whatever. Yeah. And Loomis is sitting there saying, "Okay, we have some money to spend here, but we need to take care of McCoy." The other guy I wasn't that, that I couldn't think of off the top of my head is there. Are people suggesting you, you extend Davenport, which I I don't think you should do. Mm. Um, let yeah, him wait play, on that one. Let let him play out his contract, and yeah. you know, I it's 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 amazing when he plays, but you never know if that Ferrari is going to leave the garage that day, so. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't pay the car note on it. That's just
1: me. Um, you have been on point with the references. You had the yeah, tug of war with you're, Sean Payton, the Ferrari, not analogies. paying the car note. You're on <laughs> it this a, morning. This is sports radio, fellas. You, you are on it this morning. Sports radio.
0: The Ferrari one's uh, that's one I've made for a long time with Davenport because it it fits. Yeah, it's a it's a Ferrari with a shoddy engine. When it starts, you it so is, a Ferrari. You see that thing on the road and you're like, you don't even have to be a car guy. Yeah, and you can be like. Damn.
1: That's nice, that's
0: man. Nice. Vin Diesel would like that with his family. I mean, yeah. that's a, put that in the fast franchise. Like it's, Lord. but you just never know when you put those keys in if it's going to start or not. Because when it runs, it's amazing. But I, I just, you know, I mean, Trey Hendrickson, he, he wasn't more of a Ferrari. He was more of just like a a diesel truck. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that is perfect. all right. It ain't that fast. But that thing ain't going once, – once that motor gets running, it's going to it's gonna just keep running. Yeah, right? and he still like that gonna, to an extent. Yeah, he got paid. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. You know, Davenport, prettier on the road. Honestly, more fun when it's working. But yeah. that diesel engine starts and that Ferrari engine, you know, are we paying for it in the shop or are we just paying for gas because he's blowing by everybody? I love when he plays. But of those three, if you said, look, you got 12 million cap space, you can extend one of them. I would say McCoy, Gardner, Johnson, Davenport in that order. Yes. Yeah,
2: I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah, McCoy just record, has too much I, upside. I, like, I hope they do. I hope to like, like you understand. That. For the record, I hope they do. Like it, it may be a completely personal thing, but I just I am a sucker for anybody who plays with the kind of attitude that CJ has. Well, anybody who can make a guy straight up stop a play and punch you in the face, I want him on my team. I just I, just, I more, almost because I don't want him on the other team. I just love that he's kicking
0: the Falcons logo and talking about. All of these other things he wants to
2: do to it. He's down for the city, bro. That's for sure.
0: Thing is, if he doesn't get paid and goes elsewhere, he's going to instantly talk non-stop trash about the Saints and the organization and Um, the city and the fans, and he'll go from, he's our favorite to screw this guy. Worth mentioning,
2: he is currently absent from camp for a family matter.
0: Yeah, and then he tweeted the other day, now back to hell. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Which Saints fans tried to play off like, oh, that's not a big deal. Like, they're... Remember when? All, remember, remember the dumb idea the Saints had to try to sign Deshaun Watson. You remember one of the players constantly referenced as a potential part of a trade, mm. C- Sean Segarter Johnson.
2: Mm-mm. I don't think that. Pro- I don't think I sat well with him. Oh, he must have deleted that tweet. He did. He did. Mm. When did he When did he post that? Yesterday. Oh, because he's he still wasn't back yesterday.
0: Yeah, but he, well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's I don't, I don't think he today. was, I don't think he was referencing going back to something else. Yeah. No, Look, I'm saying, i Nick, Nick, trying to be like, I, maybe no, it was something wait, whoa, else he whoa. was tweeting about. He wasn't back he, He's not coming back today. They didn't have, who reported he won't be back today? SI, Sports Illustrated. He's not practicing today. When did they tweet that?
2: That's, that's not a tweet. It's an article from Saturday.
0: Yes, from Saturday. He wasn't in practice Saturday. They were off oh, yesterday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. My bad. They were off yesterday. Okay, right. he was excused Understood. for for on Saturday for a for what Dennis Allen described Understood. as a family matter. Said it wasn't a contractual thing, and yet he was a hold in the week before where he was participating in yeah, some he was, of the drills. He like
2: limited participation,
0: right? Which is what players do now because if it's not an excused absence, they get fined out the wazoo, and if they miss too many practices, it could potentially impact mm-hmm. their pension. And, you know, years accrued playing, so they don't want to mess with it. So now they just have hold-ins. So Debo Samuel did and, yep. and others and DK Metcalf. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. More on some uh, little who to sign who not to, who to extend who not to, and great entrance songs. Because Edwin Diaz right now for the Mets. Killing it. Goat. I think that's, that's a hell of an entrance, fellas. We'll talk about it next. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott. Nasty Nick and Blaze hanging out on a Monday. It's the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
3: Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prater. Steal the show.
0: Into the eight o'clock hour. The great Scott show coming at you on a Monday. Scott Prather, blaze bro, nasty Nick. They are here, man. We've hit on camp quarterback competition at UL and LSU. We've talked saints training camp. We talked about the hall of fame inductions over the weekend. Um, The Mets beat the Braves four times in five games in four days. It was it was a great thing. The (laughs) Grom uh, retired seventeen in a row yesterday. It was he had a perfect game through seventeen hitters straight, and then you know gave up a hit and a home run, and it was five two, and then the Mets took care of business, and then Edwin Diaz came in in the ninth and shut the door. And right now, they're really hot. The Yankees aren't, and yet everyone still feels like, hey, it's fine. They're going to win. It'll be them or the Astros and the AL, yada, yada, yada. You had some good Major League Baseball over the weekend. Uh, But I think outside of Mets fans, Edwin Diaz's walk up music wasn't, or walk in music. I guess that's what you would say for a closer. Or would you say walk up? Walk up is like batter. Yeah, I I mean, I
2: call it mound music.
0: Mound music. Because we used to, cause, well, because
2: I worked for yeah. UL doing like video board stuff. And whenever the pitchers would come up, we'd play their mountain music. I like it.
0: So if you're a good closer, you're only going in when your team's up and you're going in to seal it. So it comes with like, on one hand, the fans are going to be like happy to see you. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, oh my God, we're winning. He's going to shut the door. If you're good, they're winning. He's going to shut the door. So like, I think naturally, if you're a good closer, you got to have the perfect, you know, mound music, walk-up music, walk-in music, whichever way you want to go, because the fans are already in a certain kind of mood. There's a certain kind of atmosphere in that moment. It's like you got to nail it. Yeah. Like Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time. I mean, inner Sandman. It was it was kind of perfect. Yeah, Eric Gagne back in the day, despite the fact that he was juicing, um, everybody kind of was back then. You know, he he came out to welcome to the jungle, and it was like it was a thing. It was. It just worked. It became, in a lot of ways, at least for Dodger fans and baseball fans at the time, synonymous with them in a way. Well, Edwin Diaz, I, I don't know. This isn't inner Sandman, and this isn't Guns and Roses. Welcome to the Jungle, but whatever it is, I it just it's like Angels Sports Goal Horns. Maybe is technically the title of it. I I'd never heard it before. I. Uh- for anyone that hasn't, this is a video, audio from a video. I keep saying video. Y'all are listening on the radio. This is audio <laughs> from a video of Edwin Diaz entering the field.
1: All of a sudden, like the the lone the superhero just comes out to save the day, and you just know, like you're you're done with. Like the villain just knows he doesn't stand a chance. That's gonna be demoralizing uh, for uh, the other team. Uh, da, da,
2: da, da. Something it's about just, it, I think
1: it's because it's like it's
2: hype without being super fast, so it yeah. feels in control, and that's and kind of he's the point. like
0: walking. Yeah, he's not. Mound, I mean, this know. dude is
2: not. He's not running in the mound. He's not like trying to rush himself. He is. God, oh
0: my God! (laughs) It just picks up into like the club music, but it's so it's yesterday. It started going viral last night because you know the Mets were they've been playing well, and uh, I think the game was on ESPN Plus. But they were following somebody followed from right behind them with the camera, ah, dude. And so it had this like wrestling intro feel to it.
2: It was legit, and he's just
0: walking, and the crowds all chanting it, and the horns are playing, and it's like. Music in the right moment. Yes. At a live sporting event, if if it's done right, it just it brings a different element to it. Right. And you guys know having work production for Rage education baseball and other stuff. Like sometimes, you know, music comes and goes, right, whatever. But when something becomes consistent and a fan base knows it's about to happen, and in the case of a great closer, it's you're, you've already got the crowd where you want them. Yeah, It's like, all you got to do is just nail the song. I don't know what it is about those damn horns. And seeing. And yes, maybe I'm a little biased. But even though I'm a Mets fan, know. you guys are. You I, that, yeah, it, Doesn't that feel that's cool? That's
1: pretty legit. That's pretty dope. It's It's got, like you said, like a, a, a nacho, uh, could be butchering, nacho libre. I think. Nacho, nacho libre. Whatever oh it's called. Jack nacho libre. It is, it, it is definitely Black like, it's got up. some Hispanic flavor yeah, to absolutely, it. Sure. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I've been playing music for... Most of my life I've been, uh, I've been, uh, I took, I took, I had a music minor in college. I like to consider that I know a little bit about music and its impact on things. And yeah, like that, that kind of vibe, that controlled energy is just such a, such a strong thing for, particularly for baseball. Um, Yeah. No.
0: I love it. I love it. It is, uh, the song is called Narco by Blaster Jacks. And that's Jax, J A X X. Oh yeah. And Timmy Trumpet. Which, oh
2: yeah, Timmy Trumpet. He he did a. Um... There's no way that's his birth name. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> uh, no. No, um, I don't know if you ever remember. Remember that, that uh, viral video that went around about the guy playing trombone and his kid slamming the oven door.
0: Nope, but I'll. Take, but I I don't. Oh, you talking bah, about that? Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Timmy Trumpet is one of the EDM artists that made an EDM cut of that video. I mean, come on, dude. What are,
0: what are some of the, like, you have, like, traditional. Well, I like that it's, I like, you know, Noah Syndergaard had Thunderstruck. Yeah. John Smaltz all time, yeah, Thunderstruck. That's a great song, hey. and it works. Inner Sandman with Mario, it was great. But the fact that this isn't some, like, classic all time, everyone knows it. Because you, you could play Inner Sandman, and if, if somebody doesn't know anything about baseball or isn't a is a even a casual fan, they're not going to think about Mariano Rivera. No, they're they're gonna not just, just going to start jamming out, yeah. headbanging, and air guitaring. This feels like Edwin Diaz's song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you heard this on the radio today, and you're hearing it right now, it it's like a wrestler walking out. Yeah. They're like the the twenty eighth entrant in the Royal Rumble, yeah, yep. and they're not running in. It's not a oh my god, he's running in, and he's this is a, the wrestler that takes stopped their the whole show yeah, to the ring. Yeah. They look at the crowd; everybody's chanting their name, the and Michael then they Myers go in, stroll. and then they just they
2: just close it. Oh yeah, just close the show. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I mean, by the way. Give me give me the sheet music for that in a couple of weeks, and I promise you I can come back with my trumpet. I that. want
0: it. I want it. So you but played
2: you play trumpet. I played trumpet for so I played trumpet for seven years. Nice. And uh, I played I played I, a couple other instruments in oh, no, no, there. No,
0: but, no, no. This is now now you have to yeah, do it. I will. How long How long do you need?
2: Could you do it in like if three weeks? Oh, how, about, how about a month? You give me a because I, I got to find the sheet music for it because okay. I can't I can't learn about right. you. Give me like a month when you're ready. We're gonna we're
0: gonna we're gonna promote it, we'll it and you, we're you, gonna you do play like Twitter the video. trumpet live in here. Oh okay. With the mics on, and we'll video it. But I want the and make sh- and I wear my Mets shirt that day, my jersey, <laughs> okay, but- and a Mets hat, and I'm just gonna slowly. Yeah, we gotta film it. You yeah, we gotta make trumpet, a whole thing? and I'm in a, It's gonna just be me walking into the building at six in the morning. It's <laughs> be dark out. Everyone, everyone, everyone that's like in the building, they're like drinking their coffee. Like, <laughs> oh my hell god, is what is going <makes noise> on? And <makes noise> it's so loud too. I, I play trumpet Perfect. really loud. No, we're, so do, we're doing it. We're doing it. Once um, you, once you can do it, let me know. We're
2: doing. We'll do it. absolutely. We're doing. It's it. hilarious. No, but I mean, like, oh god, that's Down, so that as like soon
0: it. as we get out there, I'm downloading this. I'm not even streaming it. I'm downloading it. I'm giving them my 129. I'm gonna have my kids strolling through the house this soon. <laughs> my son's gonna get like a
1: giving them my one twenty nine. Giving, giving them my so buck twenty nine. Yeah. I'm
0: doing it again. They take it, take it. No, it's it's That's just so it's
1: great. So,
0: what are the best baseball walk up songs?
2: Oh man. man, off the top of my well off the top of my head just because it's 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 fresh in my mind. Um, Trey Trey Lafleur. For UL uh-huh. has two fantastic walk up songs. I think one of them is Jay Z, and then the other one, I'm trying to remember. I just remember last year being like, "How does how are both of his walk up songs like that good?" Uh, Rockaford has Kanye West as one of his his walk up songs.
0: I think Joker and the Thief. I'm not a huge like it's a good song. I don't I don't listen to it a lot, but there's something about it. It's like now that's a good that's a good walk up song. Which one? If you have like some power, Joker and the Thief. Yeah. And the
1: dun, 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 oh dun, yeah, dun, yeah yeah dun, dun, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. For, for me and this one's kind of uh it's it, it's kind of became a, a meme on social media for it's been on I mean for social media quite some time but they always talk about the little league kid that they call Big Poppy who is possibly <laughs> from like the yeah. Dominican or or he's Hispanic but uh Gasolina I mean somebody Come on. A, a, a Hispanic somebody with a Hispanic background walks up yeah. you got the name Big Poppy and yeah. uh Got the nickname Big Got Poppy. Gasolino,
0: guess. All I, right, I I gotta. I'm, now I've gotta try to find this. I
2: gotta that, try to I, find
1: I, this song here.
2: I'm trying to remember. What, what, that one's instilled trying some trying to fear in some little talking about for the for sure. the same song. I right, guess. Yeah, uh, not. I'm not
1: about to sing it here on the air. No, is, it, well, it's no, no, all in you, Spanish and you, go
2: it's go It's <laughs> especially foul. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, no. This is Gasolina.
1: Yep. Oh,
2: I have no idea what he's saying. But Me neither, but he goes. Really he just get you into it.
0: I can't sing it.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. They've been, like, lots. I feel like there have been different versions of this yeah, song. Yeah, there have been a couple. There. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember this song from, like, I think that's it from like, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago.
1: Melissa uh, Mayhew's, uh, she played softball for UL, uh, just graduated, she now plays for the Vipers. Uh, But that was her walk-up song last year.
0: Um, Brad Topham tells me that multiple MLB players use this song, including the Braves catcher, who lost four or five games um, in four days to the Mets this past. Uh, He says the difference is he's dominant with cool music. No one remembers if you suck. Sure. It's true. Yeah, it's sure. true. You, if you, you, and that's why I think all. That's why I think great. The music for a great closer is the most important. You know what I mean? Like if it's if you're Noah Syndergaard, who just you know played for the Mets and the Angels, now he's on the Phillies, and they call him Thor. He's got thunderstruck. All right, look at his build. I mean, hell, the new Thor movie that just came yeah. out was planted in the movie, planted in the trailers. Like it works. But like if you're not a closer like oh oh he's going to start today cool Here's this music he's playing like you're more no one's into it yet like the game's just starting there's all this stuff the, again I keep going back to it and I know I'm 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 beating a dead horse but it's set up so perfect for a great closer Yeah yeah just you be, if you're a great closer you need to hire a damn marketing team to make sure they have the perfect Oh yeah mal music for you walk out song because if they do you're you're golden man you're yeah, golden I,
2: yeah and you, you're talking about like other great walk-up songs i was just trying to remember someone i forgot david ortiz C. sabathia both used big papa by the notorious big bro uh, <laughs> That beat, like you got to, like for a big hitter too, it's slow. Yeah, I was gonna say, you got to like, have some street cred. You got to have like a... street cred. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. With, with hitters,
0: it's quick though. Like it's a snippet. Like yeah. with pitchers, you've got, you got a little while. Got some downtime, about now, a minute, minute and a half depending mm-hmm. on the, the network. Yeah. Now, but a lot of times, maybe not all the time. Ta- you guys correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like a relief pitcher, you know, they're kind of jogging out there. They're replacing someone. Yeah, relief pitcher is a different thing. You're going to the
1: break. Yeah.
0: With the closer, you're entering the top of the ninth.
1: They're it's, opening the yeah, door. It's everything, especially if they have the lead, and it's just it's yeah, all. I'm getting, I'm getting jacked right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about D. I'm getting excited, <laughs> man. I'm just. I'm Close sorry. Close one point game. Well, yeah, but one, you got I'm sorry, lucky because sorry, blaze.
0: No, excuse me. One run. Run. You one run. Can't, sorry. Can't excuse say me. point in baseball. Excuse me. Oh. If I didn't call you out, someone else would. Oh, <laughs> uh, j- believe me, I, I've seen the Twitter trolls. Oh my gosh! Dude, Nick will insane. be playing this on his trumpet sometime next month. We're gonna we're gonna film something. It's so good. Blaze will like open the door to the building, and I'm just I'm gonna have to borrow. I'm, maybe I'll just wear my kid's glove. It'll be like the size of my hand. <laughs> I'm not
2: I'm not gonna lie, I'm looking at the sheet music right now. It is absolutely playable. Like I I I I could absolutely play this. Narco by Blaster
0: Jax and Timmy Trumpet. Yeah. They have a remix version apparently with uh, where Jump Around plays a little bit. Oh,
2: what? Oh, wow. Jump Around also one, an electric uh, song.
0: I, well, a, a great walk-up song. Yeah. yeah. You know, a great walk-up song.
2: Now, are we just talking about baseball walk-up? Brian like Wilson,
0: music? Manny Parra. No, no. I, I mean, we're, we're on baseball. But, like, the idea that... Because, like, music... I'm not talking about, like... I mean, the NFL does it great with, like, you know, that Sam Mills video. Like, yeah. The music, slow motion, all that. But I'm talking about like live sporting event.
2: Yeah. When the music is played.
1: Because the NFL has that like. Like that's pretty epic. But I'm thinking. Bringing up Jump Around, that's like a staple of Wisconsin football. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's huge. Like they love Jump Around there. That's big. They go crazy for that. But when
2: you talked about sports and music at the same time, the first thing that came to my head was uh, Fly Like an Eagle. And who plays that? For for, ba- for basketball. Just for basketball in general. Like any... Like, okay, okay. It's a, it's a, You're not talking about like it's a specific tied to like, well, It's, ti- or, it, it's yeah. pretty tightly tied to like Michael Jordan from Space Jam. There you go. He was in Space Jam. But like, that, I mean...
0: Goes that R. Fly like song. an eagle
2: to the sea, you know? <laughs> it's
0: true. It's not... Well, you know. I believe I can fly it just feels a little, little different when you hear it now. Yeah, see
2: that one I'm not as much of a fan of. But yeah. fly like an eagle and... and I mean heck, while we're talking about the
1: Space Jam theme, I mean everybody knows. For it. me it was it was Penn State's the and see now that now that I mention it, it's the one that we are Penn State, but it's the the duh. I can't think of it now. I'm blanking <laughs> on the tune now, but I don't know, but I like what you're He saying three notes. Duh. He saying that. it's simple. It's like it's like a it's like a, a dubstep type of beat and uh it's the oh the oh Oh, oh, yeah.
2: Oh, uh, oh, yeah, we, oh yeah, Zombie Zom- Nation. Yeah, we Zombie Nation. We play that. State? We, That's the first play of the uh, beginning of uh, of ba- uh, basketball games. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, na, 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 na. I didn't know that that song was called Zombie Nation until I had to work is the that, basketball game. The so Ravens
0: fans, later. they they sing it all, maybe going into the fourth quarter or something. I'm not sure if it's that one or if Seven it's Nation the Army. I, it's da, one of those two. Na, na, na,
2: na, na. I
0: think it's that one. Yeah, and they're all putting, Seven they're Nation all Army is weird, like a classic. They're all wearing their weird purple song. camo pants the way that Ravens Heck fans, yeah. and it's cold out, and they all got their hoodies, and their team's always good.
1: Nick, you might remember because you were uh, you, you're a big video game guy. But uh, they did a remix to that song with the when Battlefield mm-hmm. when the Battlefield trailer had came out, and but, the internet okay. went nuts for it. Gary Clark Jr. did a, a version of
2: that, and it was insanely that, good.
0: That's a talented guy right
2: there. Yeah, Gary there you Clark go. Jr. There you go.
0: That's a talented guy. I'm that, serious. That's not good. not
2: not the guy I thought I'd hit Gary Clark Jr. with, but hey, I, I glad remember, I did.
0: The, at Festival International years back, it was like really seeing him in person. That's I was crazy. Like, Man, he's great. He's from um, Austin, right? Huh? He's from Austin. Yeah, he's an Austin yeah, guy. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, so when I was young, my brothers had CDs that were Jock Rock. Oh yeah, the Jock I, Rock CDs. I had, those. I and had so those. I'm I'm just looking at these like
1: it's the final, the final countdown. Trumpets <laughs> that I can't play because
2: I've tried. By the way, that I feel like I need to bring up final countdown and uh, gonna fly now from Rocky Maynard Ferguson, legendary trumpet player. Dude had literally unlimited range. I can't play what he played. Most people can't play what he played because it's just so high up on the on the instruments register. But dude, those are some songs that absolutely like they Shasta, make you. What's like, his name? Maynard Ferguson. All right, I like. Rest you see, in I'm peace.
0: glad you brought him up because people. I I hear. I just think of Europe. I think when I hear the final right. countdown, I think of the rock band. I don't think of the guy that
2: the guy that played trumpet. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean
2: there there, there are definitely some uh, there are definitely some some jock rock songs that we don't want to remember like Rock and Roll by by, by Gary Glitter. <laughs> we kind of want to let that one go by yeah, the wayside. Yeah, he was a sicko. But you know, you get. I mean, I mean, I feel good. James Brown, tequila. Na-na-na-na-na. There that's was that's a couple of guy. Jock
0: Jack, Jock Jack,
2: Jock Jack, jock rock
0: <laughs> albums. Jack. Jock Jack, Jock Jack. it's, uh, it's <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why is that funny? Uh, you know, I don't know. Well twenty six we after the hour of
2: eight o'clock.
0: <laughs> we'll take a quick time out. Don't go anywhere more on the best music in live sports. C S P and Lafayette you the best ticket in sports.
2: Aye, aye, aye. <laughs>
4: This is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show.
7: Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPN Lafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app.
0: Welcome back.
2: I have a 30 minute drive home. I'm gonna be listening to this on repeat.
0: Blaze is over there like he's in the club. 830 yeah, in the morning, he's throwing his hands up. Hey it's, it's dude, like, that's wow, guitar. that's a
2: vibe. The energy is flawless, dude. Put you in good spirits. Yeah, the vibe is magnificent.
0: Like I don't know who did this if it was for the Mets or it was Edwin, whoever made this decision. If it was Edwin Diaz himself, which it probably was.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I imagine this is just something he listened to and he was oh. like, this would be lit.
0: Shout out. But, as my friend Brad Topham said, gotta be good.
2: It gotta matters. to be
0: good. It totally mattered If, if he was a closer that blew a lot of games and he came out to this, Mets fans would hate it. Yep, probably. They'd hear it and they'd be like, oh God, turn it off. I remember, you know, the Saints, obviously during their great offensive days that you know the, the Super Bowl season I think it was it might have been the year before might have been in 08 they started playing crunk when they scored a touchdown and mm-hmm. because the Saints were so good it and they scored lots of touchdowns back then it became a big thing
2: and crunk music was in style at the time
0: um, and so if if you do something long enough it can still work but one season when the defense was really really bad I think it was in 2015 maybe 2014 or 2015, they started doing this, like, uh, 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 a train, like, choo-choo, like, for every third down on defense. And they were, like, the, one of the worst third-down defenses in, like, oh, NFL God. history. And I remember, like, Bobby Avery after a game, please stop playing that stupid <laughs> choo-choo. It was just like, yeah, man, it's got to. Uh, so it's so It's, I, 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 the art of it is picking the right time to do it. Crunk work because you were scoring touchdowns. Now, if you're getting beat by a lot, don't don't play yeah, don't, don't play it, it on a the, touchdown. The, play it if it's close. If you need it. If you're if you're w- destroying the opponent. Oh yeah. Like the timing of it. You know, LSU fans love the Colin Bad Roosting. What's well, pregame? Yeah. Right. They're playing that going into the fourth quarter. It might be cool. But if you, I guess, for, you know, LSU's been a pretty good LSU. Been a pretty good program the last twenty five years. So I guess I guess it would work, but. Yeah. Uh, hold that tiger, all that stuff, it's it's all about the timing of it. If you're a team that plays a song at the right moment when, you know what, things are probably going in your favor, that's how I think it becomes both. That's how it becomes one with a fan base and one with a team. you yeah. got to pick the right moment. Playing anything, playing the same thing every, da- every time when you're on third down on defense, it's just... Unless you're, like, one of the most dominant defenses ever, it's probably a bad idea because at some point, it's not going to work
2: out for you. It's going
0: to be a big moment. Like, you don't even need it. All you need is the crowd going
2: crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so. You don't need a cue. Because I had, so I was was in the marching band all four years of college. So, I mean, I have a very close tie to music with sports. Like, it's always going to be completely entwined in my head for me. We stopped playing things on third down because what we found was more effective was we would just let Tuna call the third down then they had the big third down graphic and the crowd got so loud make it wouldn't matter if we'd have noise. played or not make some noise it's third Whoa, down. Man. yeah like and and i mean especially like oh, for the app state game
1: yeah no i was in, Dude, I was in the it was crowd awesome. for that game yeah
2: electric so, tell so, me this
0: uh, being in the in the in the pride of acadiana what was the I, like song that worked best this, okay. Whether it be because of the moment, was it like why? What was it, and why did it work?
2: The best song. The, the so there, there there are two answers to this. One is like when we would win, and two is during the game. During the game, we always like playing the fourth down song. Like but it's a it's like a big old looping chorus of these. Give it to us. Just, uh, 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 uh. It's like a big oh, descending yeah. I line. It. I love it. I love it. Heavy, right? Dun, and dun, uh, and, and we would finish it by just shouting. And then, Yeah, and I mean that was like It was always on fourth downs We always had just proven success Like we just forced a fourth down That's what we play The other thing, and this is like Anybody who's played in the Pride of Acadiana Will tell you, because this has been a thing for forever We play do what you want it if we win and That's everywhere that the band shows up Every sporting event There's always like a, a trumpet soloist And a trombone soloist And I mean it is just fun Because I mean everybody, everybody is enjoying it The players like it because mm-hmm. they're winning the fans like it because they want it. It's like jazz, it's New Orleans jazz music. It's exactly what people have been wanting us to play for years. Well,
0: it's, it's, and it's, it's the, just the players are part playing it
2: because it's fun to play and even the ones that don't really care about playing music or the football games, they get to play it, means they get to go home. So, you know.
0: And it's easy to dance to.
2: Yeah, of course. It's and I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. We we played some good music though.
0: Yeah, no, there's no I, I it, like the pride of Katy. Music yeah. it, like Let me look it up. I want to say that the the first walkout like mal music was nineteen seventy two for a closer but I mean, i'm gonna i'm gonna google it okay i want to. Feel, i feel like I read that somewhere
2: but i mean i don't, i don't know like and i was gonna i was gonna ask too while we were talking about music, tying music to sports uh because i i wasn't working here when this was happening did you guys talk a lot about the uh uh what's it what's it at the UL baseball games i'm gonna blank on it now. Did we talk about blank? Sweet Caroline. I, oh, oh, okay, oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. we, we heard a lot about that working at the oh, game. Oh, look, that Jay used it on Terrible Two Tuesday it.
0: once and, Yeah, and, and basically was just, you know...
2: I mean, because I just. Violently opposed to it. Yeah, because we heard about it a lot. And it was not, that's not something that, that's not a decision that the DJ makes. Like, that's a decision that no, came from I, I Upper think, Brass. I think, I think yeah. I, and I, like, think. but I remember, like, I was being like, we need to find something else. Because everyone was like, well, it's not tied to the area. Nobody cares about that song here. And then there's all kinds of, you know, subtext I, that people he don't write. wrote like, it
0: and, about an 11 year old. Yeah. So it's.
2: Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah ooh, it's wow. not a ooh, great. Wow, was yeah.
1: uninformed about that one. But
0: then he said later when it became a hit that he wasn't. But it was about an 11 year old wearing Riding a horse, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Not, it wasn't supposed not to about be him with an eleven-year-old for yeah. the record. Places over there, like I'm glad you. I'm yeah. glad you. i'm uh, to, For context, but it's still a little
2: makes weird. it a little yeah. more weird. And but I guess my point. Ask being, Jay
0: about it. He he yeah. he, he he's vehemently he put it all poet. out there on TTT one week, and it yeah. was like I didn't know that either. I didn't know but, that. Wow. Some people okay. emailed. They're yeah, like, oh,
2: something yeah, new. Yeah, but anymore. so we had you know we had to face that all season, and um. And I mean, because we played, uh, we played, oh, man, and I'm going to forget it, uh, Centerfield.
1: And everybody loved that. Yeah. No, I, I worked, I worked, uh, I worked first base camera a lot of those games. Right. And uh, yeah, the crowd, the the, the crowd section right behind me who would drunkenly sing the Where's the Sweet Caroline as it got cut off. Uh, and they loved it. They went crazy for it every is, single that game. That is
2: Section A, my friend. Yes. We know all about Section it. A. Right, here every we go. Shout out Section is, A.
0: This is... Yeah. An article uh, from NorthJersey.com back in April. Um, David M. Zimmer, I want to give him the credit, says, Major League Baseball has always been theater. On April nineteenth, nineteen 1972, Marty Apple added some new standard pomp. Then 21, the Brooklyn native and New York Yankees assistant public relations director didn't tell the new relief pitching ace, Albert Sparky Lyle, about his plan, so it was a surprise to just about everyone when the future Cy Young Award winner made his way to the mount, accompanied by organist Toby Wright's rendition of the graduation march, Pomp and Circumstance. <laughs> After the music stopped, Lyle faced just one batter in what was his first ever appearance in Pinstripes. He forced a ground out to shortstop Gene Michael for the final out and order to save. The Yankees won 3-2 over the Brewers. The Closers' entrance song was born. So it was 1972, it's the so tradition serious. of player entrance music didn't fully take uh, hold until the early 1990s. The Seattle Mariners, who played at the Kingdom at the time, started piping canned content throughout their tiny stadium speakers. Today, it's well integrated in Major League Baseball. Just about every player has a hand-picked song that blares from the stadium speakers when he enters to pitch or hit. Now, back in 1972, though, that music was live. He's playing yeah, live organ. play it on the organ. What is Pomp and circumstance? What, what is da, da, it? That's it? Okay, da, I thought so. Yeah. so. He's just coming out to the like he's graduating. Yeah, he's graduating. That's funny. I,
2: man, modern sports are so great. <laughs> we could we could hear narco Sparky pomp Lyle, and circumstance. man. Shout out Sparky. Shout Lyle. out
0: Sparky. I'm glad he was good. That's probably why Congrats they kept doing it. on the Cy it. Young. That's probably why they kept doing it. Um Yeah. He did. He didn't clear, okay, so the the PR guy didn't clear Apple, didn't clear the entrance music concept or the song selection with Lyle. He instead took the idea to to a musician from his neck of the woods in Spring Valley, New York, who played in Frank Sinatra's touring band. Whoa. The selection was needed to break an odd tension in the crowd, Apple said. Just weeks before Lyle would make his team debut, the Yankees introduced a gimmick bullpen car. The pin-striped Datsun 1200 drove pitchers to the infield what? and left the crowd perplexed.
2: That is funny. What, what would that have done to the quality of the field? I mean, I know Datsuns aren't that heavy, but... Who knows, man? Love of God, man. Jeez.
0: Guy started working for the Yankees in 1968 when he was 19. Said the graduation march seemed like an ideal fit for a who was effectively a closer in the days before the role was defined. Mm. I mean, that's just... That Crazy. guy's... I. I Shout out to you, Marty Apple. We salute we salute you. That guy. You deserve if it wasn't for you, we may not have things like (laughs) this.
2: How are we going back? We
0: might not have back to the well.
1: blaze i feel like he's
0: on some shades i'm All just gonna right. start flicking the lights on and off in here
2: oh my god <laughs>
1: hey I'm, I'm for it man could you imagine what mr Morty apple would be thinking right now if he just looked looked into the future and saw that this is what he created uh probably
2: disgusted because he would not understand the concept of you medium. think he wouldn't be
1: headbombing with me right now
2: he'd be like is this being played live is this <laughs> real <laughs> what what's that what music is ma- what instruments are making those wooz sounds now,
1: if, if he stays a dominant closer, does he have to keep this song, or, or would oh, you be absolutely. upset if he changed absolutely.
0: it? No, no, you can never, ever. Can it change it? Would I be upset? I would be
1: devastated. I would be devastated. <laughs> because a lot of players get, get tired of it, because you know, they hear it all the time when uh-uh. they walk up. A lot of players get tired of their songs. They change if, their walk-up songs every if year. If Mariano Rivera
0: had ever changed from Inter Sandman, do you think people would have freaked out? Yeah, they probably would have. You got to no, understand, he, like, this is modern classic it.
2: right here. Like... Now, if he ever gonna... goes to
0: a different team and he's still playing it, then it gets a little yeah. – but as long as he's on the Mets, song stays. Narco. We'll be right back. Jeez. It's the Great Sky Show. ESPN had the best ticket in sports. Electric. ESPN Live, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Fraser, Blaze Bro, Nasty Nick. Been hanging out this morning. We have listened to Narco many times, but Still it got not us, tired of it. Got us talking about the great impact that live music, whether it be played on a stereo or whether it be played by a band, has on a live sporting event. Just. Music in general, it can bring anything to a whole nother level. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. A Michael Mann movie without music would just probably not even be good. Yep. A Michael Mann movie with that music, you're like, it's, it's a experience. It's like this is incredible.
2: For that, I always point back to two guys: James Gunn and Edgar Wright. Guardians of the Galaxy and like Baby Driver and Shaun of the Dead and all that stuff. I mean, those two guys use music in a totally unique and fantastic way. in in the film sphere um and i mean yeah it's just it's the the things that music can do for for any any medium to like add on right Mm -hmm. because it's just an auditory thing any visual medium you add some music behind it and it can just take it to the next
1: level you kept bringing up the inter inter sandman and it, it it kept making me think of last year virginia tech north carolina First game of the season. This was after the COVID year. Prague Stadium for the first time. And that's all. And the stadium is literally shaking. The camera could not stop bouncing up and down. It was.
0: And you were like, sorry, Nick. Blaze was like football is back It is back. It it just, in that moment yeah, so it, it just
1: gave you goosebumps it was like wow you weren't even like i wasn't even there i was just watching it on tv and it was just like like the announcers couldn't say anything they just sat there and oh. just let it play out and it was like what you, it was what beautiful, you it, what was you beautiful. it was what you beautiful Dude, the,
0: the av- like it sometimes sometimes it's totally random like the Colorado Avalanche their fans in the playoffs started singing one, I'm not sure when, but at some point during the season, they all started singing all the small things by blink 182, (laughs) which, you know, it's, there's nothing like hockey about it, but it became this thing where when you have a crowd all singing something together in unison and, and they're all kind of having that shared emotional experience and they're rooting for their team and they're going to win the championship, which they did, um, it, it it became this song for those fans, and I'm sure the bands love when stuff like that happens. I oh, mean, yeah. hell, <laughs> you never know. The royalties I mean, go. Dude, Kate Bush, uh, Stranger Things yes. got her, you know. She's, she's back she, on the radio. She, owned the, she bought all the, the rights to all our music many years ago. Is that, so
2: she's, I want to make a deal with God. And yeah, 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 yeah. running like, up
0: that hill. Yeah. So because of Stranger Things, she's on the charts again. Songs from 1985, and she's making about 300 grand a week. good for her by the way it's a great song and and i'm glad it's hers i'm glad it's you know not going as like you know a record company that it's hers it's her
2: song the boys got one of blondie's worst songs back in the popular zeitgeist
0: dude billy joel loves the boys
2: yeah billy joel loves the boys. all
0: right uh espn lafayette best ticket in sports 269 1077 let us take one more phone call before we wrap up the show this morning hello welcome into the great Scott show
8: Hey, man, I tell you what, what's happening, my man. How are you? Good, good. I, uh, y'all got, y'all got me fired up this morning talking about music. I kid you not. And I mean, and I mean that sincerely, uh, on a Monday morning. I, uh, you know, I gotta admit, I I have to comment, uh, the pageantry. It's the pageantry of sports, which makes music mixed in with that. It makes everything so special. You know, I remember uh, a quick story, um, My uncle and I had the privilege of going to to Super Bowl 44 in Miami when the Saints played. And uh, after Tracy Porter picked off the pick six, well, first of all, the Super Bowl, usually when the team – which whatever team scores, they'll play their music that they play at their home games. So, like, when the Saints scored, they played Fats Domino when the Saints go marching in, followed by the second line, and then they would play halftime by the Yin Yang Twins. Um, Get crunk. And um, I remember – whenever Tracy Porter had to pick six, they played fast domino when the saints go marching in. And then right after the extra point, um, they played the second line. And I just remember the, they gave us souvenirs. Like it was, uh, you got like, a, I think it was like a seat cushion, a koozie. And then they gave you like this white waving towel. It was one of the coolest things or the, one of the coolest experience was seeing uh, thousands of fans or saints fans waving their white, Uh, towels to the second line um, in in Miami Stadium. It was one of the neatest things. And it just it goes back to what you guys talked about, the pageantry of music and what it brings. I mean, you got a taste of our culture in another stadium as we're two minutes away from winning our first Super Bowl. And it just kind of brought me back to what you guys talked about, so I thought I'd share that with
0: you. No, Jerry, that's awesome, man. man. Thanks, Dudey. All right, guys. I was at that game as well. I'll be honest. (sighs) I don't even – I remember – what he said about when they would score, they would play like the cult scored and they play Their I guess their song was, I don't want to work. I just want to bang on my drum all day. Uh, it's kind of lame, whatever. Not a yeah. bad song, <laughs> but it was kind of like, really, this is what you guys are saying? Like, you know, yeah. Um,
2: they're, they're northerners. They don't get it.
0: Whatever, It's fine. Um, I, I don't even, I, after Tracy Porter scored, I did, It's like, it's all, it
2: really is. like a was, blur. I
0: I just was in such shock and I was just looking around like the, I, is this just happening I I, that's exactly what I kept telling everyone and I was like grab my mom like it's just happening it's happening, it's happening. I don't even remember the <laughs> towels I mean I remember like my lanyard that everyone would have you'd have your like ticket in it but like mm-hmm. I after that it, until that from that point until like it just struck zero it's all just it really is all just a blur like I don't I'm glad he remembers it and I, I to his point at the Super Bowl and you score they play the same thing they play at their their home games and it's cool because, you know, Super Bowls littered with you have fans of each team and then you have so many just corporate and, you know, rich yeah. people that can afford it that aren't even really into the game. And it's it's like this, I don't know, this soup of three very different kinds of individuals. And to Jerry's point, the caller, like, when the music plays... Oh, there they are! Like suddenly yeah, yeah. sprinkled throughout the stadium, it's like,
2: yeah, I see yeah, you, I yeah, see yeah, you.
0: And you have these other people that aren't a fan of either team. They're like, what is this? You know, why don't you play something else? Oh Lord, you play some.
2: Man, I'm just all, all this talk about like a, like legit sports and music moments, and I'm I'm, I'm getting the goosebumps. Man.
0: Go, hey man. Come, at some point we're going to be filming Nick playing this on the trumpet, and I'm I'm going to walk out like Edwin Diaz. We're going to cosplay. Go for it. I don't know. Maybe we should just do it. Should we just try to do it at Russo Park?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm are, we just, it. are we just going,
2: going farther and farther into it? Look, I'm here for I, it. You, you want to take it? You, we get, I know how to set up the mic at Russo Park. I used to do it for a job, so we can well, play it
0: over the speakers. I mean, as as long as but you have to play it live. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah, got to be you I'm, on the trumpet. I will stand on the That's how this whole field, thing started.
2: I will stand on the field and play it in the, into the microphone.
0: Let's do it. Well, let's get permission. Let's get permission. Let's
2: get we'll permission. <laughs> Let's get permission. We'll do it. And then we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll drop that one right when
0: the MLB playoffs start. Don't go anywhere. The Dan Patrick Show is next. Tomorrow on the Great Scott Show, Ross Jackson from the Locked on Saints podcast. Saints analyst and writer will join me at 7.15. Jay Walker in studio at 8. Thanks, Blaze. Thanks, Nick. I'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, bud. Yes, sir. This is the Great Scott Show. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
7: ESPN 1420, KPEL, Lafayette. ESPN 1033, K277DQ, Lafayette. A Town Square media station.